As Cheerful Ghost celebrates its sixth year wedding anniversary, we talk about 2018 in gaming as well as our favorite memories in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. And um, we're starting up our second season with a pretty special episode, actually, because this episode is recording on Cheerful Ghost's sixth year birthday. And... It's kind of weird to think that Cheerful Ghost has been around this long. It's been about six years, but that's about right. Six years ago, um, I got a twinkle in my eye to create a video game website. Um, And it sort of all started around the idea of a video game list. And I remember because what, what I sort of did at the time was I created a spreadsheet of all the video games that I had. And I just sat down and I took out all my Nintendo games and my PC games and went through Steam. And I added, a, you know, all my games to the spreadsheet. And I remember putting on Facebook like, hey, you know, I have like 600 games. I went through and I collected a list. And Travis like, can I see the list? And I'm, I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and I shared it with them. And then I realized that, you know, like that should be sort of a web app. I could build this. And then that whole idea sort of turned into Cheerful Ghost as we have it right now. And then we did, you know, Cheerful Ghost Roundtable, and now we're on Cheerful Ghost Radio. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that um, and just kind of get everyone's sort of memories uh, of the last six years of Cheerful Ghost. So I guess I'll start things off with Tim. Tim, what you had a couple um, that you were talking about. Like, what's one of your memories of Cheerful Ghost the last six years? Uh, Well, I think one of my favorite um, memories of doing triple ghost here was uh, our Terraria servers. We've uh, had a couple <laughs> over the years and they're always such a blast. The The community that we put together here is, you know, we're small, but everybody is great. And we always have so much fun. When we get together and play these, um, these games together. Um, Speaking of one Terraria I, server, yeah. actually, as we were waiting for you to join, uh, Travis and I actually, <laughs> I created a, a, a new Terraria game and we just started playing and mining straight down and, Oh man, that game is still so much fun. I just all the memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that game is still great. Yeah, and they're really still is. like updating it from time to time, which is amazing. Um another fun memory that um uh, it it didn't really take off too much. Uh, it, I think we only did 3 of these. But um uh for a couple a couple times now we've had like a games club. It's basically kind of like a book club but with a game where we all pick a game. And, you know, even though it's a single player endeavor, we all kind of play it simultaneously. And we have a, a discussion group where we all kind of talk about our thoughts about it, how far we are, our strategies and stuff. Um, you know, th- that's something I'd like to bring back at some point. But that was also really fun. Uh, we went through like Guild Wars 2. There was a big sale, I think, you know, one time. And that's right. When we all got Guild like Wars a, 2 for like 10 bucks. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So we all we all jumped, played that together. Uh, we went through Half-Life 2 which was kind of cool. Um, and then we also went through uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I think that was over the summer one time. 
Did we do um, a book club with Borderlands 2 or is that just uh, a bunch of events that we did around playing it together? I can't remember. I don't remember if that was like an official like games club event that we did, but we right. did do like a, a couple Borderlands um, sessions. Yeah. Where we, we sectioned off into like, I think we had two different groups right. of four running simultaneously, you know? Yeah, that was fun. So that, that was, was really fun. fun. Travis? Do you yeah. have any memories? Yeah, Tim, you're you're bringing about memories. I'd forgotten that those uh, games club or yeah, like the book club for games was a thing. But those were really great. Um, and like you said, those Terraria servers, man, some of the best times of gaming I've ever had. But you know, aside from just you know getting to know a bunch of awesome people, one thing that sticks out to me really is getting to talk to the people who make the games that we play, like doing interviews with. Again, Andrew Spinks of Terraria fame and uh, Ryan Gordon. Those are like that was kind of when I felt like this is amazing. <laughs> that was when it, that was when it kind of got real for me. Hey, we're doing a game site and it's really awesome. Right, right. I think I think the only person I've a couple people I've reached out to that we I couldn't do like an interview with was like. Um, john carmack or whatever like but he was one of the first people i reached out to and i realized oh okay so just because you run a video game site like in your first year you're not going to be able to talk to everybody but the amount of people we've (laughs) talked to even then has been incredible and in fact like travis was saying actually my the one thing that i wrote down here was um travis is underselling a little bit about his discussion with ryan gordon so i don't know if people know but back in 2012 that was the when the site first launched Travis did do an interview with Ryan Gordon. And so I don't know if everyone knows who he is, but he's an internet famous geek that ports games to Linux. And he sort of did this way back and he worked for um, Loki Software, which is a really early Linux game company that would port like Quake 3 and they'd put Quake 3 in the box to run on Linux, right? Back when people bought, you know, box software or whatever. Anyway, so since Travis is a pretty big fan of his and I was too, like Travis reached out just on a lark and he agreed to do the interview. And so when we dropped the interview on the website, then Travis and I shared out on social, which is pretty, pretty common for us to do. Then it blew up. Um, it was covered on Slashdot, which I don't know if anyone remembers, but like that was the biggest tech site on the Internet. I At least it was like for, I don't know, a particular period of time in the early 2000s. Um, and so getting to front page Slashdot with one just was pretty much one of the coolest things I can think about. Um, and one of the coolest things is the site actually survived a slash dotting. A lot of sites don't. And we did. Um, and you could you could look at the traffic. It was pretty crazy for that time. So it was awesome. That was really um, awesome. Yeah, it was in our first year. And I'm like, geez, wow. Like, clearly that was pretty crazy. And I keep telling Travis, like, do another Ryan Gordon interview, Travis. Do another one. <laughs> well, I actually, like, do the week another- after that, I sent out an email to Gabe Newell, like, what the hell? Let's see if Gabe Newell will respond to me. But he never did, of course. Yeah, of course. He, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's he's funny. But, like, yeah, so that was one of mine where just Travis did that. And I think that you're right, Travis. Like, all the interviews we've done, if you go there. Like, we haven't done any recently because I had a kid, and they take quite a bit of time. But, like... Yeah. Those have been those have been really great. Um, so that was kind of like my memory. Did, does anyone have any any others they're thinking about? Uh, no, I, I think that's probably probably good. We don't want to just regale people with uh, the history of our site. <laughs> I think that's really good. So, yeah, 
Cheerful Ghost uh, has been around for six years, and I really hope it goes another six. I've got a lot of ideas for what I want the site to sort of sort of where I want it to go over the next bit. And instead of making vague promises, um, we'll just see where things go. But I'm really looking forward to the next couple of years. So um, so uh, let's start with uh, the way that we do at the beginning of every episode and talk about what we've been playing and what we've been watching. Okay, everyone, let's uh, start out with Tim. What you been playing? What you watching? Oh, I've been playing Breath of the Wild pretty much every moment that I can possibly spare for it. It's, I have not gotten this lost in a video game in a long time. And, and, I, and I love games, and I, I play them, you know, all the time. I, I mean, I geek out on a podcast with you guys, like, once or twice a month. <laughs> um, so I love games, but man, this game, uh, it, it has captivated me, you know, more than any other game has in a really long time. Um, and I've, I've had a separate discussion with Travis through text message because he's been playing it too. And this game is fantastic. It, it's like all the reviews that have come out for it that said it was amazing. They're true and they may have undersold it a little bit. It's, it's that good. Yeah, that that's pretty much the only thing I've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I've heard really good things about it. It's definitely a switch must buy, like no question about that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I, I'm actually really glad I, I waited to buy it because I had a Wii U um, when Breath of the Wild first came out. But I'm really glad I held off until I got the switch because being able to play it as a handheld is amazing and it's made it. It's made it so that I can actually play it more often because I, I have kids, so I'm, I'm pretty busy, you know, doing that whole parent thing. Um, I can't always just go, you know, cloister myself in my room and play video games for a while. But I can, you know, pick up the handheld, uh, play it for a little while while they're doing something, put it into sleep mode when they need me again and just keep coming back to it. You know, it's uh, it's really let me play it a lot more than I, I probably would have otherwise if it were on just a traditional console. Yeah, I think that's its biggest draw for me when I get one is the fact that it can be docked and you can play it in portable. So, I mean, I think a lot of people play it in portable. So, yeah, sounds amazing. Uh, Travis, what you been playing and what you watching? Yeah, Tim mentioned I've been playing Breath of the Wild, and that's basically it because that game is amazing. Um, uh, Tim, I don't know how much of the, the main story you've done, if any at all, but... Uh, last time we talked, you were kind of waiting for some stuff, but the some of the best video gaming that I've ever had in my entire life is these divine beasts in this game, like those and the the uh, shrines that you find throughout the world are. It, it's it actually makes you feel a little bit like playing Portal because the puzzle mechanics of everything, and you've got these different powers you can use for them. It's it kind of starts you off in a brutally difficult game, but you get more powerful and the combat becomes kind of easy, but those puzzles still stay hard throughout. It's, it's great. Um, yeah, I, I got kind of a, a test chamber vibe from the, the shrines as well. Yeah. Cause they all kind of have a, a similar aesthetic, you know, you know, that kind of like, it almost looks like something that would fit into aperture science. Cause it's a little bit sterile, you know, mm-hmm. mechanical kind of thing. But yeah, I, yeah, I really like this kind of take on 
instead of having like big full-blown dungeons basically breaking out the puzzles into these like you, you know individual puzzles scattered all over the map um it's definitely an interesting take and i actually i like it a lot um you're mentioning the, the divine beasts yeah. i have beaten two of them so far so i got two more to go nice mm-hmm. well if you have the dlc i think there's a fifth one but it's kind of it's not part of the main story ah spoilers <laughs> yep sorry about that that's <laughs> all right spoiler warning <laughs> but yeah this it's it's amazing i have loved every minute of it i was thinking that like i played mario odyssey like and then seeing breath of the wild top all these game of the year lists like how can something beat mario odyssey but no it totally does it's great um as for what i've been watching uh not a lot specific we've been kind of catching up on stuff uh caught up on supernatural and it's gotten better. Um, started play, watching a little bit of Clone Wars um, after the Last Jedi had a little bit of a craving for more Star Wars, so we watched a little bit of that. But most of the time, if I have free time, it's Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so what I've been playing and watching is, and the video game arena, it's mostly been Chrono Trigger. So. I got Chrono Trigger when I got a 3DS on. I got a DS copy of Chrono Trigger because I did a little bit of research and I found out it's one of the better versions of the game. It, it, you know, the the graphics are, you know, very similar to the Super Nintendo. It's the the same graphics and music, um, except it's adapted to the DS um, in terms of using both screens, which is really nice. And it adds uh, it adds some extra content and some anime style cutscenes that sort of sort of augment the existing in-game cutscenes. Anyway, so and Chrono Trigger has been on my list of shame and I sort of reviewed a little bit of it on Cheerful Ghost already. And I just have to say that you can definitely tell that Chrono Trigger is the it's like a it was created by a duo that had worked on um, Secret of Mana and Final Fantasy. And you can and it's a game that came after both of those for Square. So you could definitely tell that it's Square at it's peak 16-bit RPG. And I can definitely see why Chrono Trigger is de- is at the top of some people's best games of all time list. It's not quite on mine, um, but it's very good. And I really like it a lot. And I'm pretty much, according to Tim, I've sort of talked to him about where I'm at. I, it, it seems like I'm about 75%, although there's a lot of extra stuff that you can do. So um, have been playing it a lot recently because we've been focusing, you know, because I've been focusing on Cheerful Ghost Radio and trying to dial in the new show format for season two um, that we're in right now. But um, after we record these episodes, I'm going to look, you know, looking forward to getting back in and finishing the game up. But it's great. And if you haven't played it before, I recommend it. Um, there's a version on the PlayStation that's really good. The DS version's really good. And um, you could get the original Super Nintendo card as well for like a bajillion dollars. So that's also another option too. Um, the other game I've been playing is Ice Climber on the NES Classic. And we're going to be doing an upcoming review episode of that. So that should be really fun. So some of the things that I've been watching, um, I got War of the Planet of the Apes for Christmas. And I just finished watching that and all the special features. I am a special feature nut. So I really like watching all that. And uh, it's a nice fitting end to the new Apes trilogy. I'm um, starting with James Franco and sort of ending with uh, all the apes sitting on a hill looking out over the um, 
looking at the horizon, I suppose. Anyways, it sort of brings it into the to the original apes movies. And I, and I think it's a good I think it's a good ending to it. I think that it's the, the, the middle one. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is a bit stronger, but uh, it's a fitting end. And I really liked all the special features. So I've also been watching all the uh, awesome games done quick 2018 streams that I missed. I'm um, just watching those a little bit piece at a time. And those have been really fun. I've got another post coming up here soon. Um, there, I probably have about six posts that I'll be doing about that. So recently, Ash vs. Evil Dead came to Netflix as well. And I've been watching episodes of that when I have time. Again, I have so much stuff to do, play, watch, or whatever. And when I have a 30 minutes here and there, I watch it. It's a really kind of fun follow-up to... Um, Army of Darkness, and it just kind of continues on with Ash after Army of Darkness. Apparently, he came back um, to the current timeline, and he's just been hanging out in a trailer park. And then uh, the Deadites come back, and it's kind of fun. It's basically like a, a movie TV show. Essentially, it's a lot like Stranger Things or whatnot, and that's a serialized kind of movie, which is really cool. And then the other thing I've been watching on Netflix is My Guest Needs No Introduction. <clears throat> it's a new. Um, it's a new interview show with Dave Letterman, actually, and his first guest is Barack Obama. And if you don't really like Barack Obama, I suppose maybe you wouldn't like this first episode, but I do. And it's a great show. It's 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 not a comedy show. It's not a comedy talk show. Um, it actually feels like it's a mixture of sort of an interview show a respectful interview show with some humor, but more kind of edging on a documentary a little bit. So I really think you should check it out if you're interested. Um, I got apparently Letterman's going to be doing monthly. He's going to be doing these every month with people. He will record an interview in like a theater in New York and then Netflix is getting them. So it's really kind of neat to see David Letterman come back and do something kind of different. But it's still him. And he's in his full like Moses beard and that it's majestic, majestic you... beard. I really like it. I, I think too. it's cool. Yeah. Did you see the new show? I have seen like the trailers for it and I've heard the interviews with Letterman about it, but I haven't actually watched the episode yet. I want to. Yeah, check it out. It's uh, it's it's more than a trifle, I would say, and I really like it a lot. I think it adds something to the discussion, um, and I and I think it's really cool. So, um, that's what we've been playing and watching. Okay, everybody. So, twenty eighteen is upon us. And there's going to be a lot of really cool things happening in 2018 in gaming, and I wanted to talk a bit about those with Tim and Travis. So I'm going to start things off with Travis. Travis, what are you excited about happening in 2018 in gaming? There's a lot of stuff happening. So uh, of the things that we know about, what are you excited about? I am excited about a lot. Um, And I'm glad that I bought a PS4 last year because it looks like it's almost all on the PS4, but... um, I bought my first, my PS2 when I played God of War at a friend's house. And then I bought a PS3 because God of War 3 was coming out. And now the new God of War is coming out in a couple months. And I am so excited. This, it, it, it looks very different. Apparently, the, a lot of the mechanics are changing a lot. I mean, aside from him going from Greek mythology to Norse mythology, there's no longer a jump button. And he doesn't have his blades anymore. So 
it looks like it's going to be a different take on it, but I'm a major God of War fanboy, and I can't wait for that. wonder if it'll be kind of like Zelda. I mean, there's not really jumping in yeah. Zelda, so I wonder if that'll be... I mean, at least in Ocarina and games like that, so I wonder if that'll be kind of how it is. And, and it seems like there's a lot of games that... <sighs> no genre can exist on its own anymore. It seems like, so I'm imagining you'll have like weapon and armor crafting and stuff like that coming in. Cause it seems like everything has that now. And I'm not, that's not a complaint. It's done really well a lot of times, but yeah, it looks like they're taking it in a different direction, which they probably needed to do because there's only so much you can do with that old formula. But, um, also I don't know if you guys played red dead redemption on the PS three. Unfortunately, I haven't. Oh, I've heard so really good. great things about it. Yeah, that's on my list of shame. Yeah. It, it looks amazing, and I've heard so many good things about it. It is really good. Um, but just never never got around to it. Yeah. Everyone said it was never coming to PC, and I always thought, like, I always held out hope, and now and it, like, never will. No, you know? it doesn't so, seem like. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But now Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out soon, and... I'm playing uh, Breath of the Wild and I'm still trying to use the the same horse controls in Breath of the Wild that I use in Red Dead Redemption. So I jump off the horse constantly when I'm trying to gallop. So I'm assuming that when I start playing Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm going to start remembering the Zelda controls and mess up constantly in that too. But <laughs> I, I, I am looking forward to that game a lot. And um, there's a new Spider-Man game coming out exclusive to the PS4 that just looks in, insanely good. I played a lot of the, the PS2 era Spider-Man games, or maybe even PS1 era. I can't remember. And when they're done right, they're done really well. And I, I hopefully this one will be kind of more of an updated version of those. Um, I mean, licensed material seems to be problematic in video games, but with the Arkham game showing that you can do it right. Hopefully I'm really looking forward to this. And finally, I guess the uh, NES classic is supposed yes. to be getting yes. some more units this year. And that I should be great. Really want to get one of those. I uh, got the SNES classic luckily, but I missed out on the NES. So hopefully I'll get one of those this year. I'm wondering if Nintendo is going to keep its $60 price point. Or if they're going to release another SKU, which is an NES classic with two controllers for 80, or if they're just going to release it for 80. I, I don't know, but it definitely needs to come back. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with the one with two controllers for 80. I have no problem with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, clearly yeah. it was cheap, too cheap. And, you know, I don't know. So, <laughs> Tim, what are you looking forward to in 2018? Well, um, RPGs are kind of one of my favorite genres of gaming. I don't get to play as many RPGs these days just because they require such a time sink. But there's a couple on the horizon here um, that look really, really good. Uh, mainly it's, uh, and I, I kind of hope that this is just sort of like a, you know, initial name and they, they work on it, but uh, Project Octopath uh, Traveler, which is a terrible name. But um, I, I downloaded the demo on the Switch, played that for a little while, and it looks like it. You know, it seems like a really fun kind of throwback RPG. It's got some, you know, updates to make it a little bit more modern. Looks a little bit more accessible, but but um, otherwise it, it that looks like a lot of fun. And then there's few things I love more than retro gaming, and there's a lot to be thankful for on the retro gaming front. 
Uh, we've got a new Secret of Mana re-release coming out later this year that looks really cool. Uh, not everybody was digging the new art style, but I think it looks fine. Um, you know, I have no complaints there. And uh, it seems like something that would be really fun to play co-op with people online. Uh, there's also the Final Fantasy twelve re-release, kind of remastered, is coming to PC. Uh, I held out on the PS4. I, I didn't pick it up yet, even though I uh, came really close to grabbing it a couple times. But uh, now that it's coming out on PC, I think I, I will just go ahead and wait and pick it up there. Um, you mentioned the the new God of War. I, I played the first one a lot, liked it a lot, and then pretty much fell off of the series since then. But the new one looks really cool. So I, I might have to get back into the God of War series. Yeah, though um, they're not really plot heavy games. So you know, it's mostly just go kill a bunch of shit. So you're not going to be missing a lot, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but there's I, I like a good action game and it looks really cool. So there are a couple of games on my list and I'm just going to, you know, see how quickly I can get through them. But to top it off, Age of Empires Definitive Edition. So this is the original Age of Empires getting the HD remaster treatment so so far everything looks really great the visuals look solid um and it's a worthy classic for the remaster treatment my only thinking here is that it's going to be windows store only it would be a must buy on steam but i just don't know about the windows store i just don't buy games that way i got a free copy of um minecraft on the windows store because everyone did if you bought it through mojang I just don't know. I don't know if I want to play games like that. And it seems really kind of weird, but I already have like, I'll just list already the game clients I have on my PC already. You guys ready? <gasps> Steam, Battle.net, GOG, Epic, Bethesda, Origin, Twitch. So I just, I don't know, like how many more, you know? So anyways, it looks like a great game. I'm sure it's going to be incredible. I don't know about Windows Store. Did, did do any of you guys buy games on the Windows Store? No, I haven't. I have not. Uh, like I you, I have know. Minecraft. That's about it. I apparently, I guess, I have Minecraft uh, because I did buy it through Mojang, but um, I, I didn't even know that. I don't even think I've ever looked at the Windows Store. <laughs> right, and so I don't know. We'll see. It. Uh, I'm not really sure. Hopefully, it comes to Steam, but it's a Microsoft thing, so it probably won't. Um, anyway, so Far Cry 5. So I like Far Cry 2 and 3 a lot. And 5 looks to bring the franchise um, back to actually to the United States and rural Montana, where you sort of take on a racist religious cult. Uh, I think with what's been happening lately in the U.S. with sort of racist elements coming to the forefront more, I wonder sort of what Ubisoft is going to do here. Uh, it's kind of an interesting intersection, I think, kind of like with Wolfenstein 2 and sort of how they portrayed Nazis and their sort of like dystopian twisted future or twisted present, really. Um, and so I kind of think that that could be interesting in terms of what Ubisoft. Now, I think there's a little bit of room for a ham fested take on this or it could be really good or it could just be meh, I guess it could be a lot of things. But I'm open to the idea. But I think for this one specifically, I'll sort of wait for the reviews to come in. I don't buy Far Cry games when they're new because they usually are reduced. But I don't know. What do you guys think about this Far Cry 5? Uh, well, I can just say that I can already see what some of the comments and reviews are going to be, yep. and they will be awful, yep. just a train wreck, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just amazed with those like tweets at 
uh, id and Bethesda about Wolfenstein. Like, why do you have to be political in video games? Like, it's fucking Wolfenstein. What do you expect from this game? You kill Nazis. Why are you trying to make this? It's, a- yeah, it, it's a political <laughs> statement yeah. now to make a game where you shoot Nazis. I know. What the hell? <laughs> so I'm, uh, this is going to be even worse, I'm sure, because it's more, I guess, real world. And oh, man. I'm looking forward to the train wreck, I guess. But also, I think the, the the game looks really good too. I mean, it's and it's an interesting place to put a game that we haven't really seen before. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I think if gamers are really pissed that you're shooting like religious fanatical white people, that they really need to look at look in the mirror a little bit because like they don't probably have a problem shooting religious fanatical non-white people in video games so yeah, yeah. yeah it's like let's be let's how let's, many how many war games are set in the middle east yeah it's exactly <laughs> right it's exactly right let's let's take our shooting everyone in the face and let's make it a lot broader let's let's broaden the horizons like you can you can shoot up the u.s in a video game too right um and i'm not saying like you know yeah you, you can do that it, it's it'll be okay um so another game, and this is another area where I, I'm constantly pondering why certain aspects of fandom react in the way that they do about certain games. But this this one, it's even more ponderous. But Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is coming to the Nintendo Switch, and because yes. and and this looks incredible. Like, what do you guys think about? Well, firstly, what do you guys think about Nintendo bringing all these Wii U games to the Switch? What do you think? Well, I skipped the Wii U, so I love it personally. I'm really hoping for Mario. Yeah, I, Mario I think Maker a lot of that. people. Yeah, I think a lot of people skip the Wii U, so it's probably yeah a good way to introduce those games to people for the first time. Now, <laughs> I think that's right, and that's exactly why I'm really excited for T- Tropical Freeze. I never played it. I'm going to get a Switch. I think it's good. Of course, everyone's like Nintendo just re-releasing old stuff, and they have no new ideas. And I'm like, guys. Like, no one really played that game that didn't have a Wii U, so it's just a good chance. I mean, more people have Switches. Like, it just seems like a good idea to me. And I'm with you, Travis. Like, if they release Mario Maker on the Switch, I will buy one this year. Otherwise, it'll be next year. But, yeah, I I can't wait for more Wii U games to come with the Switch. So another game that's coming is Mega Man 11. So we don't really know much about Mega Man 11, but Capcom's going to release it toward the end of 2018. So it looks like Mighty Number no. 9 graphics-wise, I guess it's not a bad thing. The game might be great. It's not really a must-buy, but I really have been just playing a ton of Mega Man last year. Mega Man 2 on the NES Classic, and then I got it on the 3DS Mega Man Legacy Collection. So I'm, I'm kind of I'm interested in how it turns out and kind of how Capcom can bring Mega Man forward. Frankly, there's so many Mega Man games in that old NES style that I don't know if... Like by the time people would be done playing all those games, unless you've already played them, like you're going to be playing Mega Man games for a long, long time. So it, it's interesting. So hopefully Capcom can sort of revitalize Mega Man. Um, but if they don't, it's not like we don't have a bunch of amazing games already, frankly. Um, like Tim was saying, Project Octopath Traveler looks really cool. Uh, I've heard mixed reviews on the demo. I think Will reviewed it on the site and said it was okay. Um, so I think they have some some room there to improve it based on that feedback. And then I think finally sort of my 
real want for this year in just sort of the indie arena is Super Meat Boy Forever. So this is Meat Boy with some form of random level generation where you can play it on phones, tablets, and PC. And that seems like a really good idea because I think that uh, Meat Boy was just such a great game and this looks to sort of amp that up. This is just Tommy Refiens doing it. They're not, uh, uh, he's just doing it by himself with some other developers. So um, Ed isn't working with him on this one. But I think it's going to be must buy on my iPhone, I think. Um, I'm going to play it on my iPhone unless we get some review copies on PC or whatever. Then I'll just play it on that. But I think that'll hint, be. Hint. Well, we've asked them. I don't know if we're going <laughs> to get them. I think Travis yeah. even asked for um, Switch review copies yeah. of Meat Boy, right, Travis? I did, yeah. Right. And we didn't get any of those either. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe since Super Meat Boy Forever will be on the PC, like yeah. the Steam codes are a lot easier to come by. We'll get those. So that'll be it for the things in gaming in 2018 that we know about that are coming up okay so a little while ago on cheerful ghost we had a post where we were sort of looking into our crystal ball of things we really wanted to happen in 2018 that we in gaming that we didn't know were going to happen and there were kind of just like our wild guesses as to things that we want to happen but maybe might not happen and uh, i sort of reached out to people in the cheerful ghost community and that was really fun and i sort of wanted to sort of take the like our number ones from that or something that we forgot to mention there and sort of talk about that again that things that are happening in 2018 that you know maybe we don't know are happening but we really 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 want to happen um so um i'm gonna start with an idea that i had but so most PC laptops, and I'm sort of in this boat now where I'm sort of doing a lot of my PC gaming on laptops, is uh, most PC laptops, um, what I want to have happen is I want them to support USB-C and Thunderbolt, and I want them to all be able to use an external video card. So this is something that Apple's kind of championing with some PC manufacturer, laptop manufacturers, and the idea is that um, PC laptops, you can't or Mac laptops, you can't really upgrade the components of very much. But now that we have USB-C and the ability to transfer so much quickly over this USB-C and Thunderbolt port that it's so fast, you might as you could use an external video card, although that requires a certain amount of hardware um, capacity over USB-C. And so Mac is sort of championing this and pioneering it in a standard way with their new um, with their new hardware and OS 10 and some PC manufacturers are doing their own thing, but it's becoming more standardized and along USB-C and Thunderbolt and you're getting these external graphics cards enclosures. So what I hope happens in 2018 is that this becomes more standardized. So because I think we're entering an arena with with uh, with PCs where you could potentially buy a laptop You've got the video card that's built into it. That's never going to change. You've got a pretty big hard drive and you could upgrade the RAM and a PC laptop, but then you could upgrade the video card. And I would say that the CPUs being what they are, if you just only had the ability to upgrade your um, RAM and video card, that could give your PC laptops a huge life such that buying a desktop might make less sense to do. Maybe you just buy a PC laptop. And so I kind of hope that becomes a thing. Because I think the convenience of owning a laptop is so much nicer. Um, and that would still give your laptop a lot of life to it. What do you guys think about something like that? Have you guys been sort of seeing this sort of hardware thing happening? Yeah, Here's I was think about reading it. that with um, a lot of interest on the Mac front. Because 
Well, and, you know, generally speaking, because you can get these workhorse laptops that just don't have a great video card in them because that's not where most people do their gaming. So like if you want a gaming laptop, there's a big premium on that. And like you said, that it's going to be out of date way faster. So I think it's great. I'm kind of amazed that we are where we are, where that's even a possibility. It seems like magic to me, but I'm really looking forward to see where that seeing where that goes. It seems like that'd be a really good thing for people who aren't quite as a tech literate as some of us are. Um, cause the prospect of like trying to update even just a PC or, you know, let alone an, a laptop could be kind of daunting to somebody who's not familiar with doing that kind of a work on a PC before. So if you could just basically buy like a plug and play external card, to me, that seems like that'd be really good for people who maybe bought a laptop, not with the intent of gaming, but then decide later on that they want to try and get into that. Instead of having to buy all new equipment or research video cards and stuff like that, they could just buy like an external unit and plug it in. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that would be really awesome. And uh, I wouldn't mind paying a little bit more for a PC laptop if it came with that ability because the ability to, you know, upgrade it's just so much nicer. So uh, what about you, Travis? Anything in 2018 that you don't know is happening, but you want it to happen anyway? Yeah, what I really would on the realistic end, I would people have been clamoring for this final fantasy seven remake for years now. And now we know it's happening, but we haven't heard a lot of news lately. So I would like to get some concrete news and maybe even a release in 2018, even though that seems less likely, but I just want to see this thing in action and see what the, the gameplay is going to be like. I'm sure they're going to change it up. So it's not going to be the same turn-based system that they had in the original, but I'm really looking forward to more info on that. On the less realistic end, I would like to see a new, like, maybe not even story-driven, but single-player possible experience from Valve. Because I'm, it doesn't seem like they're in the business of games as much anymore. They're that new... Games as a service they are, yeah, though. Yeah, like, that they're going to do artifacts. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's 2018, though. Yeah. But. But like something, something meaty, like a new portal or a Left 4 Dead. I know Half Life Three is a pipe dream that I'm. I won't even speculate on that at all. But something new in that would be great. Tim, 2018 things you wish were happening. Yeah, Travis already mentioned the Final Fantasy VII, which I'm also waiting to hear more about because <laughs> I think that would be a, a great game to to finally see realized with better graphics. Um. I'm afraid the things I'm hoping for are probably just not going to happen. Like for one thing you were, you know, with you playing Chrono Trigger, I was thinking about like, it's been so long since there's been a new game in the Chrono series, not since like the early two thousands. And it'd be great to have another game in that series. I know Square Enix had a filed a copyright for a game called Chrono Break like uh, several years ago, but um, nothing ever developed from that. And then the trademark ended up expiring um i that is a great series i would love to see them come back to it unfortunately that's probably not gonna happen and then with all these game remakes and remasters it would be great if some of the games that never made it out west could maybe be localized like if the new secret of mana re-released as well maybe we could get a second in setsu 3 which is basically secret of mana 2 um and then of course the mother three or <laughs> i was gonna two, say i was gonna say everybody everybody keeps asking for and it just 
never seems like it's gonna happen well you can i mean there's a fan translation but i think nintendo should do an official one for sure yes on the switch let's let's do it on the switch (laughs) i know they get asked that all the time um, yeah all the time for good reason i think so i think another thing that i'm really well i i'm pretty sure okay there's two things i think are going to happen so recently will um from cheerful ghost and i were at uh the northwest computer game expo slash portland retro game expo 2 which was just a, which is a swap meet at the double tree and I asked him a question i said what do you think is more likely to happen in 2018 a uh nintendo 64 classic or a game boy classic and i think we both kind of agreed the nintendo 64 classic so um that's what i'm really stoked about and i and i wrote about this on the site too but i wanted to talk about the likelihood that we think a game boy classic will ever happen because they're going to do the nintendo 64 classic this year obviously unless they were high or something um and let's say that a game boy classic was like you had original game boy games and game boy color games and it came with tetris it came with you know Link's awakening it came with Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land 2. It came with, you know, sort of the best, you know, maybe Final Fantasy Adventure, that kind of thing. And let's say that it was, I don't know, 100 bucks. How popular do you think that would be? Fairly popular. For 100 bucks? Um, I mean, it'd be popular. 100 bucks is probably a lot. You know, I don't know if I would release it. As far as like a Game Boy Classic, I'd say we're more likely to see that released as a cartridge for the Switch. I was going like to say the DS exact same thing, yes. Instead of like a standalone unit. Um, yeah, okay, because then they could release it for 60 bucks. Yeah. The price yeah. point would be a lot better, and then it would be a Switch game. You know, and I guess that it would be a lot cheaper for them, too, because then it's all profit instead of they have to build hardware. I'd like the classic exactly. hardware, but 100 bucks is a lot, considering Switch is 300 I mean... You buy three and you've got a switch, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Hopefully, yeah, if they do that cart, that'd be great. Or they'll just do, or they'll just sell it, them sell all those games individually to us for $10 each, you know, whichever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll do that too. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, everyone. So that's uh, our ideas for what might happen in 2018. All right, everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio, our first episode of the new season two. And uh, we like to end the show by um, finding out where people can find more of us online. Travis, where can people find more of you on the internets? You can find me at cheerfulghost.com slash Travis or on Twitter at not Travis Newman. Tim, you can find me on Twitter at Tim O'Gorgon. Or you can find me at a Cheerful Ghost, cheerfulghost.com slash Timogorgon. And you can find me at Cheerful Ghost at cheerfulghost.com slash jdodson at Twitter at jdodson. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com, and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening. <laughs>